something. His creation is is wonderful. Wonder, we're wonderfully and beautifully made. And this is what the Bible tells us. And so we have to trust that God knows that what he was doing when he made us. That we are creatures of, of we're earthen vessel. We're creatures that God created, but there's so much positive positivity, I should say. There's so many good things in us. If it wasn't, God wouldn't depend on us to draw in the harvest. The, the, you know what I'm saying? You know, God would not uh, prepare hearts to hear what we have to say. He's entrusting so much uh, in us because of who we are. Because God didn't make anything that's not worthy. And so we can't keep thinking ourselves not worthy because we are very worthy of everything that God's called us to do. Everything he's created on this earth. Do you know he put us higher than that? He made us higher than the angels. We get to enjoy so many more things that the angels don't enjoy and can't enjoy because who we are. You know, God's put his son, his son Jesus' life and his spirit is on the inside of us. And so God thinks very highly of his creation, all creation, even that creation that's out there in the world being crazy. He loves people. And that's why the Bible tells us to love the sinner but hate their sin. Two different things. Sometimes, you know, we can cause sin to make us think wrong about the sinner. In other words, you know how you can pray and pray for people's salvation. And you can, that anger, if you don't watch it, that anger can rise up on the inside. And then you wind up disliking them. And you defeat the whole purpose of praying for people. Amen. But God has a plan of salvation for everybody. And when we pray and we uh, accept the fact that we have been chosen, and when we are chosen, our family is too. Amen. We just happen to go in first. You know, if we are worthy of salvation, they are too, and they are not hopeless. Amen. That God loves them. That we can love, love the sinner and hate their sin and separate the two. Amen. And so God didn't create anything that is not worthy of his honor. Amen. And so he loves us, but he, there's a working, a work in progress, a work in progress on the inside of us that goes on from the day of salvation to the day we go home to be with the Lord if Jesus tarries. And that work is a purifying work. It's a renew, a work of renewal. It's a restoral work that's on the inside of us. If we allow it. Now, we can disallow this work to go on and do other things by not serving God like a lot of people do. And it holds up the process, but it's not going to stop anything. Amen? Because God's going to have his way. He's the creator. He's, we're the creation. And he is going to have his way. And his plan of salvation is going to hit every home, every person, every man. Amen. Amen. And so this end time purification process that we are, should be going through right now, if you don't try to stop it from happening, is, is just a matter of, of qualifying ourselves to do this job that God's called us to do. And God wants to do a work on the inside of us by strengthening us 
giving us more word, uh, putting on these jewels that the end time uh, bride with, that we talk about, these jewels, these are gifts and callings of the spirit that God's going to adorn us with, amen, but he is not going to adorn us until we allow this purification process to take place. Are y'all here today? Amen. And so in in this purification process for the bride, that's you and me, the end time warriors, God is simply talking about humility. That's all he's talking. He wants us to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Humble ourselves so that he can give us more. Humble ourselves so that we can be exalted his way and not our way. Amen. Hallelujah. So you go up by going down. Amen. Coming down on your knees. Coming down under the, the uh, submission and being submitted to God. Coming down from who we think we ought to be to who God is trying to make us. Amen. See, we can miss it. We can miss it by thinking too highly of ourselves. The Bible tells us to think no more highly of ourselves than we do the next person. Amen. So as long as we're walking in love towards all men and we look at them not at their, in their weaknesses, but look at them how God looks at us as a, a vessel that needs to be fixed. Some people are weak and broken. And the Bible tells us to, to you know, encourage those people, you know, to, to smack them, you know, smite them with truth. You know, you don't go into pity with them, but you have to uh, still allow the love of God to speak Amen. And if it's in your heart, it will speak. And not do what you think you ought to do towards them, but do what's in your heart by being an example, an example for Christ. But we cannot be an, an example unless we allow God to finish this process that we must go through. Amen. So the way to be exalted by God is to humble yourself before God. In other words, take the low road. Now, Jesus came down to the cross. He was in in heaven. He came down. Amen? Because he was with God. He was God in in the flesh. So you know no sin was in him. So he came down uh, with or by humility and faced the cross so that God could exalt him in due season. See, because his name is exalted. The Bible says that his name is above every other name. So that means that his name is exalted. So how did his name become exalted? He humbled himself. Amen. And he didn't put himself above mere man that scourged him and called him names and spit on him and hated him. He didn't put himself above those people. Amen. He died for them. Amen. So he came down so that he could be exalted. If you want to be exalted, God will exalt you in due season. Amen. Amen. He will exalt you. He lets us know who we are in him. So we take the low road. Hallelujah. We want to, in other words, God wants to take us where our flesh can't go. Amen. Flesh can't be exalted. You know, there's a scripture that says no uh, flesh will glory in my presence. 
and that's any flesh jesus didn't he gloried in the presence of god but his flesh didn't go with him amen because he was he was pure and clean because he submitted himself unto the father you know you can read the gospels and never in there will you ever read that he tried to be god although he was god in the natural you know, he always talked about the one that's coming before me, came before me, and the one that's coming after me. You know, but he never took uh, prominence in who he was because, you know, he knew who he was. They didn't know who he was, but he knew who he was. He was not weak in any way in his thinking. Jesus was not weak in his thinking. He knew who he was. And the Bible says in Second Corinthians, it says, we have the mind of Christ. So if he knew who he was, then we need to know who we are. Amen? Hallelujah. So God will exalt his people in due season. But, it's, but this is the thing about the season that we're in. This is a season of acceleration. And that means that things are not drug, won't be dragged on like it's been doing since we've been born again. But this is a season of acceleration where God is doing a quick work. Behold, I do. he's doing a new thing. These scriptures are true. Amen. And so he is not taking uh, a long time to make us better. It's happening now. <laughs> it's happening now. Amen. And he's working in the in the heavenlies. He's working in the secret place. That's where. See, we were in the secret place yesterday. And you and think about it like this: you grew, your spirit grew this much. Amen, amen. And so God is doing this process now. This is not something He's saying. Wait for it. Wait for it. It's not those. That cycle has ended, and a new cycle has begun where God is preparing his bride amen but he wants the bride or the church the church is the bride without spot wrinkle or any such thing and this is a process that we have to go through so that we can come out as pure gold without spot or wrinkle and so this purification or this humility is a must thing it's something where you're going to be humbled and i rather humble myself than to have to be humbled amen but however we look at look at it god's going to have his way and he is a good god and he loves the bride amen he's preparing and and the thing i like is he's helping us to prepare for his son amen he's helping us we're not alone in this so he is helping us to be ready for what's to come now we've allowed god to exalt exalt us when we have to allow him to exalt us when he's ready amen in other words humble us i i think i said that but this is the thing this humiliation not this how you say humil humbleness yeah whatever that however you say that word you don't say humiliation this humble humility thank you no i knew you knew i just had to pull it out of you <laughs> this humility that god is trying to place in us it we have to be willing to give up give up our flesh give up you know let me think of it yeah like if say for instance if you feel like you're doing too much 
and there's though it's always going to be like that i found that out you know somebody always going to do more (laughs) and we want not so much the credit but we want to see change the best way to come into that change is to do more (laughs) it's the weirdest thing i'm telling you do more i've had to do more to to get less how about that one when you do more then your responsibilities lessen if that if you can understand that see doing less will make you like the rest you know what i'm saying amen hands not to the plow and when your hands are not to the plow you don't receive any anything because your attitude is wrong amen so to to humble yourself is to do more to take more responsibility and to not care whether you get any accolade or not amen hallelujah now no longer should we be moved by our feelings and this is another thing we allow our feelings to get involved in what god is doing feelings are of the the world is is uh, i should say of the flesh it's a natural thing feelings are not wrong to have feelings just wrong to live out of them amen and so we can't live out of how we feel amen but we need to allow God to raise us up above how we feel because he can do that. See, when we uh, fall on our, on our faces and we cry out to, to God, he takes us beyond how we feel and he moves us over into where we're going. Amen. And he exalts us. He blesses us. And he um, makes us ruler over many things. In other words, he puts more beneath you, but you may not see it at that time. Is that making sense to you? But God knows his people. He knows his creation. He knows what you need. Amen. We should never try to wiggle out of uh, being uh, humility. We should never try to wiggle out of that. You know, just go with it because it's God. You know, now the world thinks and sometimes we look at it as being weak that's the problem with humility amen amen and this is what why more people are not humble because they feel like people might try to take advantage of them but look if you're in christ no man can take advantage of you amen because they people have to answer to god amen nobody can take advantage of you this is a trick of the enemy to get you in a place where you can't get blessed and so we have to be smarter than him because God made us smart. Amen. And so we need to stop falling for the same old tricks. Amen. And be motivated by God and not by fear. See, when you when you are motivated by fear, by different drives and obsessions, then we don't decrease, we increase. And y'all here today amen and so we have to come clean and offer these things up to god so that we will no longer be motivated out of wrong um whatever flesh wrong desires or wrong you know the fleshly life we have to be motivated by god amen it's always best to be motivated by god because our hope is in him our hope is not in the natural our hope is not in what the world can offer us but our hope is in christ jesus 
Hallelujah. Now, when we take opportunities to exalt ourselves, we're trying to preserve the self-life. And this is what we do. We preserve self. And this is why it's a good feeling to your flesh. Amen. But it always leaves you blindsided because you're not seeing out of the eyes of God. You're seeing out of the eyes of flesh. And, it, and the devil, see, this is the thing. If you are protecting self-life, God, the devil is in the background working on you, you know. See, because our attention is turned towards exalting ourself or enjoying. Because there is joy in ex- exalt, being exalted, but that ex- exalting must come from God. That's what I'm saying. But when it's self-exaltate, how you say it? Exaltation, is that a word? Okay. So when we exalt ourselves, then the devil's involved. And when the devil's involved, you can believe something's going to be taken away from us. And it's not arrogance, and it's not the pride that's going to leave. But it's going to be something that you value in, in the, you know, in the long run. And it's something, see, there's always going to be a sacrifice, especially when you're dealing with the devil. That's why we don't deal with him no more. We deal purely with God. We only want what God has for us. Amen. Hallelujah. Because when we allow the devil to come in and try to make us who we are, make us a name, and that kind of thing, you're going to come down. You've got to come down before God will place his anointing and his power and his authority on you. You've got to come down. That's why I say you come down to go high. Amen. Because when you do that, you find your life through, through death. You find life through death. Death of your flesh. And that's all we're talking about. What's the death of your flesh? Humility. And that's all we're talking about. Amen. Lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, pride of life. is are part of the self-life. And this is what we all, especially when we don't know God, we're trying to preserve. So we try to preserve our self-life. And we try to cover it up and hide it and hold on to it because we feel naked without it. Amen. See, that's why Eve felt naked in the garden after she ate the apple because she fell into pride. And when she fell into pride, then she wanted to cover up, cover her sin because she felt awkward because of sin. And so you cover it up. Amen. That's what we do. But as long as we allow God to keep us clean and sober and receive things from him in due season. See, the devil told her that God was trying to withhold something from her. And so she felt like, hmm, he's, he's not being up with up on the up and up with me. Because here's this tree in the middle of the garden. Why can't I eat of that fruit? This is our home, and I'm supposed to be free. And he told us that we had dominion over all of these things in the garden. So why is it that I cannot eat of this tree? And it had been like that since she had been on the earth, but it never occurred to her until the devil whispered in her ear. And so this is what he does to keep us 
from being exalted by God. He tells us that so-and-so has this, and they think you can't do, do that. Or they, he'll tell you any kind of lie you want or you hear. Anything, anything you'll accept, he'll, he'll tell that to you. Because he must tell you some kind of lie to get you to step out of where God has you into something else so that you can be exalted. And it doesn't feel good, don't sound good, but it's just the way it is. This is how it works. Amen. And so we have to watch being arrogant and being haughty because that's the pride of life. And it's the self-life. It's preserving. You know, it hides and it wants to be preserved with some fig leaves. That's why she covered them with figs. She was covering up her self-life. And this is what they were covering up. And that's why God asked them, you know, who told you you were naked? Amen. Because there had never been any such thing before Satan came in and whispered in their ear. And see, this is how he does us so that we can feel like there's competition and we must, uh, you know, attain these things to be who we aren't. Or to be who we are. But God does these things. Honey, he'll, he hears the prayers of the righteous. And he will exalt you in due season. And so it's okay for us to lay down the self-life. And not live out of the self-life. Amen. So that he can give us more. He can give us better. Vain imaginations is part of the self-life. Carnal fantasies and all of these things are a part of the self-life that we have to let go. You know, thinking that you should be further than where you are. Well, we all think that. Amen? <laughs> Let me tell you something. Donald Trump probably feels like he should be somewhere higher. You know what I'm saying? Y'all getting my drift? The devil tells that to everybody. Everybody. You know, he'll tell Oprah, you need to make a few more million. He worked on those rich people real bad. Amen? And so, and she's not worked in her life on an air, but she's been working on, see how he does? But he, he, he's been working on her to make more money. Make, this is how he does, people. And so this is why it's always good to submit and surrender to God's authority and let people think what they want to think about you. Because they're going to do that anyway. If you have too much money, they're going to think about you. They're going to talk about you. If you don't have enough, they're going to talk about you. Because, see, only God knows what we need. Amen. And where your standard is. You can't think that you're supposed to be in a certain place because somebody else is in that place. Your place is your place. Amen. And God can exalt you at any time when you are ready. Amen. And But I do uh, admit that. A lot of times we could be further along if the devil didn't hinder us so much, but that's a part of growth and wisdom. That's on our part to get smarter, amen, to stay in the word until God give us clear revelation. But the devil and no other person can tell you where you ought to be, amen. You are where you are, amen. Some setbacks, some push-ups, I mean, you, you know, God loves us wherever we are. That didn't come out right. but <laughs> So how do we avoid all of this and live the, the humble life by living the crucified life? Honey, it's true. You, you know, like the Bible says, we're crucified daily. The crucified life. Amen. Take some more stripes. Amen. 
because God is your backup. He always protects his people, amen. It's how you look at things. So living the crucified life, that means give up these things that, you know, Eve should have told the devil, I'm not listening to you because I really don't care about that tree because I have plenty of food. Man shall not live by bread alone. See, the same temptations, Jesus went through them too. Jesus came to him after he was uh, fasting for 40 days and, and tempting him with food. Why don't, you, why don't you turn these stones into bread since you, you know, since you really died? And so he answered him by the word of God. And Eve should have done the same thing, but she didn't do it. And so that, that's what caused sin to fall upon all mankind. Amen. So we have to start living the crucified life by seeking the presence of God and developing a relationship with him un, until our self-image comes through. See, our self-image is supposed to come through the word. Our self-image is whoever Christ is, that's who you are. Overcomer, you know, more than a conqueror, you know, uh, son of God, which is the word in the flesh. You know, he, he's able to uh, bind and loose, and he has authority and power. All of the things that raise, heal the sick, raise the dead, all the things that Jesus is, that's where your image should come from, not from another human being. they trying to get where you're trying to get. Amen. But your image is, is, should be in the word of God. Our self-image starts to come through the word of God. Amen. And this is how we start to understand who we are and in moving into the blessings and the promises of God. Why don't we go to uh, Philippians 2. Hallelujah. Philippians 2. You see why we don't get blessed real easily because we don't know who we are. See, when we look in the mirror, we always see something not good. That's not when that's not what God looks at us. See, when he he made everybody look different. You have your own uniqueness. And we're not supposed to look like nobody else. The only person we really supposed to look like is is a twin or our our family. And there's traits of all of our parent in all of us and but we still have our own individual uniqueness and when you look in the mirror you're supposed to be pleased with what you see amen this is why you see people looking so horrible from plastic surgery because see that's the spirit that gets on people and they don't know how to get out of it so they just go they look in the mirror they don't like what they see they get more surgery and more surgery and because their their drive is coming from the self life amen and they keep they keep aspiring to be something that they don't see in the mirror and so by the time they get done and they wake up they look horrible and it ought to be a law against doctors that that would do that you know, I've seen a couple doctors on TV say, no, we refuse to give you surgery. You've had enough. We refuse to do that. But because we live in a world where people love money so much, they'll, they'll just take your money and mess you up. But see, we can't, we can't be like that. We need to desire to be who God called us to be. Amen. So in Philippians 2, verse 3. It says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit and this is what i'm talking about 
but in loneliness of mind. Let each esteem others better than himself. Are y'all here today? Amen. So let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. Amen. But let everything that we do have, have God in mind when we do it. And let each of you, I think it's verse 4. Let nothing be done through, oh, wait a minute. Verse 4 says, and let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Amen. And so God just wants us to know that we can't have ourselves, you know, we can't be concerned about ourselves all the time. But we are here for the glory of God. When you try to pump yourself up, you're not working for the glory of God. You're working for yourself, amen? And so God doesn't like that. And so he he wants us to be humbled so that Christ can be exalted on the inside of us and so that men will see us and see Christ, amen? He wants us to be exalted only by him and not by ourselves. this self-exalting. He doesn't want that. You know, in other words, we can't be concerned about what other people think about us. You know, it's what, what does God think about you? Amen. And that's why, amen, we should be conscious of what he thinks about us all the time. Hallelujah. And so we need to look towards the interest of others and not so much the selfish ambition for ourselves. Amen. But it starts from knowing who you are in Christ Jesus and trusting in God, fearing God, having the fear of God and being disciplined or allowing him to discipline us by the word and living a submitted, obedient life to God. It all starts with God. Amen. But you have to lose your life to find it. Amen. Find life through death. Hallelujah. You got to lose your life. We have to let God be our example and see if we let God be our example and then we will be humbled. You know, that's humility, letting God be our example. Let's go to Philippians 2, verse 5. Let's go down to 5. It says, and let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Amen. What kind of mind? A humble mind that's not exalted. That's and not exalting by exalted by our flesh. A humble mind with a right attitude, with the right purpose in mind. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Now Jesus knew he was equal with God. Amen. He knew that because he knew who he was, but he never approached people in that way. He always approached people in a a manner of humility. Amen. So he never approached people in an arrogant way. Hallelujah. Now, when he talked to those Pharisees, he was just plain old mad. (laughs) He was mad because he was talking to, he said, your father's the devil. He knew knew who he was talking to. So he had to get a little rough with them and kick over the money changers, but they were defiling what was pure. They defiled, you know, the purity of the altar of God. So he had to get rough with them because they're the ones, don't forget, that crucified him. He knew who they were when he was dealing with with them. Amen. But the Bible says he made himself of no reputation. 
And that means that he didn't try to be more than the next man because he knew who he was satisfied with being who he was. He knew he had to go to that cross. Did he want it? No, he didn't. But he humbled himself. Are y'all here? He humbled himself. And he let the mind be in him that was in his father God. We're supposed to let the mind that's in Christ be in us. Amen. Making ourselves of no reputation. Jesus didn't operate out of uh, the manifestations of a false deity. He operated in in a uh, divine deity. Are y'all here? That's what he operated in. He knew what deity he was. (laughs) Amen. And it was a divine deity. And so we have to know who, that's why it's important for us to know who we are. Know that God didn't make any rubbish, that we're all uh, wonderful and beautifully made. And that God loves us all. And he'll put whatever power and authority, look, God will give you as much as you let him give you. With no restrictions. Amen. As much as you let him be God to you. As much as you go to him and and seek his face in a secret place and you touch him, he will give you. There's no limit. He won't not give you authority some type because so-and-so don't have it. He don't care about it. He'll give you as much as you allow him to give you. Amen. It's a personal thing between you and him. No man can limit what God gives you. Amen. Hallelujah. No man can limit what God won't do for you. I was I was asking him how how far could we believe things for? He says as far as your mind can take you. He said if you got the faith to believe. See, this is why we don't have to prove anything to anybody. Because God will give you as much as you have faith for. Amen. And I'm not talking about as much as you can go out there and get on your own with his help because he makes us able. But I'm talking about as much as you trust him with and as much as you expect him to give you, he will give you as much. You can't outthink and outwant and outbeg. And out, you can't outdo God. He will give you whatever you have faith for. Amen. If you have a faith for a million dollar house, he will give it to you. He doesn't have a problem with giving his people things. Amen. He care about how we go about getting them and the purpose in which we want to have them. Amen. So if it's coming from a pure purpose of just enjoyment for you and your family, it's fine. But if you want things to, if, to show people who you are, then you ain't going nowhere. That's just the way it is. Amen. And so this is called humility, and this is what God is trying to work on the inside of his bride for the end time. It's part of the purification process to be, you know, lowered so that you can go higher. It's best to lower yourself. Amen. You don't want God, but he will. Amen. He allowed Paul to be buffeted. Let's go to 2 Corinthians. I think it's in 12. He allowed Paul to, to receive that thorn in his flesh. Remember that? And you know what that was for? It was to, to teach him humility. Second Corinthians, I think, is 12. It was to teach him humility. Teach, and why? It's not to be mean. It's to protect us from ourselves. 
number one. And number two, it's so that he'll work the workings of God on the inside of us so that he can exalt us in due season. Yeah, this is the one. It's in 2 Corinthians 12. Let's start in verse 7. It says, And least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations. Now, listen, Paul had dreams and visions. God would take him. He said, in the spirit, out of the spirit, I don't know. Y'all read that. He wasn't sure he did care. Amen. He didn't know if it was bad pizza or what nightmares he didn't know he didn't care the important thing to paul is that he traveled with god in the spirit realm and god showed him things to come called revelation knowledge and so it wasn't quite time for that to be told (laughs) so what god did was he put he allowed Satan, God don't ever put sickness and disease on us, but he allowed Satan to buffet him instead of thorn in his flesh. Could you imagine having a big old splinter this fat in your, <laughs> but you got to go on your way, you know, winting, there's that word, you got to go winting. But you know why he, God allowed it? Because he also gave him grace. So that that thing wouldn't bug him so much that he couldn't do his work. Amen. Amen. And in that process, Paul learned how to be a bound in a base. He learned a lot of stuff. (laughs) He learned how to keep going, keep it moving. Not stopping, but finishing the course. He learned all of that stuff through being buffeted. Amen. See, everything wasn't perfect. God showed him visions and dreams, and God didn't want him telling nobody, exalting himself above all the other men that had never had anything like that. You know, it's kind of like the Joseph effect. Joseph bragged to his brothers, I had dreams. You see where it got him thrown in a pit. So really, these things that bug us that God don't fix right then and there, y'all following me? It's for our protection. Because look what it did to Joseph. It got him in a pit. And by his own brothers. Well, you know, God showed me visions and dreams. And I interpret dreams. And I saw this. And I saw that. And they said, we know what we're going to do with you. Amen. So the first gypsy train came by. They sold him into slavery. And threw him in a pit. So to see, so God will sometime allow us to have this big thing in our lives that does not get resolved for years and years and years. Are y'all following me? Trust me, it keeps you humble. <laughs> it keeps you humble, don't it? That's what that's what but that's what that buffeting thing was. He will allow these things in your life, this one unresolved thing. Amen? And you can, I don't care out of it. I don't care no more. But it'll come back on you. (laughs) God will stick it something. See, he knows how to do something to change that I don't care thing. And here it is back in your face again. You carry it. But see, we have to understand the mind of Christ because we have it. We got it. The Bible says we have it. 
And so but we, what we do is we cheapen out and we decide to go flesh route instead of pursuing God so that we will see the manifestation of what we pray for and get that anger out. We don't care, you know, get, get rid of that and stay with God so he can show us the things that are really important for our purpose on, in this earth. Amen. See, God cares about what we want, but he also more than that cares about the, his, the glory of his father. We were all put on this earth. That's why he created us to do great works. And so he cares also about his, the glory that we are to bring into this earth. And a lot of people like us. So we, you know, we bring the anointing, that sort of thing. Y'all following me? It's that sort of thing. There's a work for each and, each and every one of us to do. You don't have to be the Pope or Sister Teresa or whoever to get this work done. You can be little old you, and God will put power on little old you to raise the sick, raise the dead, heal the sick. So it's about your purpose. It's not so much about what you want and what, what God has shown you. And so he'll allow the devil to have a little piece of your rock for a few whatever. But the good thing about living in this time, in era, era is that God is accelerating everything that concerns us. It only, it's only going to last a little while. You can bank on that. So whatever you're going through right now, the only thing you can shout about or be happy about is that it will not last. Amen. It won't, it won't last. Because, see, God has sent his favor out on the heels of people. Amen. Quickly, one thing after the other. And it will not take you a year to, to go through this purification process like it did Esther. Because now this is that. Amen. Hallelujah. So that time is now to embrace what God is doing in your life, whether it's good or bad. Paul, this is why Paul said that he, God allowed that thing. Where were we in verse 10? Did we read 10? 12 verse 10. I least, least I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of revelation. God gave him a, an abundance of revelation. A thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan, to buffet me or to harass him or to bug him. And it says, least I be exalted above measure. And that's all this was about. And, and the traditional people are trying. I remember when I was in a traditional church, they kept trying to figure out what the thorn was. Like, who cares? A thorn could be anything. A thorn could be your crabbing wife or your crabbing husband. You understand? A thorn could be anything. Amen. Your finances. It doesn't matter what it is. It's bugging you. It's like hanging over your head. You will be happy when it's changed. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. So do you agree? Amen. It doesn't matter. Verse, uh, where am I at? Verse 8, it says, concerning this thing I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. Doesn't that remind you of God, uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane? Pleading with God three times, take this cup from me, from me. You know, Paul did the same thing. He went before God saying, God, take this from me. Paul said, take this thorn. I don't like it. 
And he says he went before God three times. I think he prayed three times as Jesus did in the garden. But God allowed it. Verse 9, but he didn't, he didn't ignore Paul. See, this, you know what this tells me? This tells me, verse 9 tells me, God don't ignore our prayers. He may not give you what you exactly want. But see, he gives you grace so that you'll be able to deal with the problem and sustain yourself during this affliction until it has passed. See, God don't ignore our prayer, prayers. He did something for Paul. He didn't remove the thorn. That's all we're thinking about. Don't think like that. He did something about that thorn in his way. He gave him grace. And that's what this is about. Amen. Hallelujah. So I'll read verse 9. It says, And he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my affirmities, this is Paul talking, that the power of Christ may rest on me. Amen. In other words, I'll boast in my infirmities rather than boast in what those visions God showed me. Amen. So that he can receive exalting in due season. See, because Paul knew this would not last forever. We have to understand in this this time where God has us, this buffeting will not last. It's good news everywhere. Amen. Let, let me explain something to you. I think this is important. It's good news everywhere. It won't be long now that things will come one thing, blessings at the heels of another. That God's favor is turned toward people. And this is the Amos 9.13 season. Okay? We know that. That's the season we're in. Although you look at your situation now, you don't feel it necessarily. But you know we're in the season and you know it's here. No more waiting. It could come tomorrow. It could come tonight. It could come any day. Amen. Well, this is how Paul was about that thorn. He knew that thing wasn't there forever. He knew it could be removed at any time. Amen. So he, in other words, he didn't let that hold him back from enjoying what God was doing in his life. Are y'all there? Y'all got that? Amen. Don't let because it's not quite right right now. It's like, well, I don't have a job right now. Well, I don't have nothing in the bank right now. Or whatever it is. Don't, I ain't got the husband right now. Don't let that trick you. Amen. Because although... Paul, still, that's your thorn. If God removed that, you'll be, get gone. <laughs> I'll be standing here by myself preaching. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> so, y'all, but y'all know what I'm saying. See, God allowed these things so that we won't mess ourselves up. And so this is what that thorn was about. It didn't matter what it was. It was just that God sent his grace. God has sent his grace for you and me, and that's what grace is for. It in, it's an enabler. So that grace enabled Paul to keep on his journey and do the works of him that sent him, even though things weren't perfect. Because if things get too good... Paul would have started, now what would his conversation would have been? He started talking about them visions and those dreams that got just like Joseph. And it would have made him go shipwrecked. So God knew that. He know his creation. Come on now. 
he knew who, who Paul was. And so he kept him towards the cross. Amen. Until Paul was uh, sure, he was com- convinced of God's love. Amen. No, he was, he said he, he had known the, 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 the height and the depth and the length of the love of God. He got that revelation. That's the revelation God wanted him to, to get. Amen. By, and you get that by enduring whatever it is that God puts before you. Hallelujah. I hope I explained that to you. <laughs> so this is why Paul said, let's go to verse 10. It says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Are y'all here? Amen. God keeps you going. Amen. When you're, when you feel, when you're at your weakest, God is strong on the inside of you. Hallelujah. Let's go to verse, did we go to verse, uh, yeah, we did that. We did eight and nine. Okay. Amen. So this is the season of God's divine sufficiency. Although it's the season of uh, blessing, it's the Amos 9, 13 season, but you got to get there, right? So until until you get there, which it's upon us, it ain't coming and it ain't get ready, get ready. It's here. But if you don't get yours until tomorrow or next week, you gotta you gotta hold on until then, right? Amen. So that's why God is telling us that this is a season of divine sufficiency, and that's grace. Amen. So grace will cover us, and so does uh, mercy cover us with grace. It will cover us and overshadow us until we receive that that blessing that God has for us. And this is what God, it overshadowed Paul. And this is why Paul said God's grace is sufficient for me. And this is all God wants us to get. He wants us to get to that place where we don't care whether he make us a a big name or not. As long as we get what he's called us to get, be who we, God has called us to be, this is all we're supposed to be concerned about. But God has to work that out of our flesh. That's why we have to die to receive life. Amen. Die to your flesh to receive life. Amen. So let's see. Paul was buffeted, and, and that word, of course, means he was beat up, though he was weary. A messenger from Satan or uh, some type of physical assault. Now, God never allows the devil to put sickness on you. See, religion, this is how religion, well, maybe my sickness, uh-uh. You don't receive sickness in any day, any time. You don't receive, see, this is how the devil is. He'll say, okay, this is what he'll do because he did Jesus like that. Well, you know, you know that you, you know, um, it could be just a messenger from uh, Satan to buffet you. So don't be listening to all that word. Just receive it in, for God's glory. See how the devil is? You got to be on your game. God never, so you got to know a little bit about the Father. He never puts sickness on you to make a point. Amen. See, that, that messenger, that thing, that thorn, it wasn't sickness. It's never, how do I know? Because God never puts sickness on nobody. Because he can't bless and curse at the same time. Can't do that. 
you got to know a little bit about your father. Amen. So he, if this thorn was not sickness. It was, I don't know what it is, but it wasn't sickness. Because God never put sickness. You never receive sickness for God to his glory. He don't get glory out of sickness. Amen. He hates sickness. Amen. He does nothing but kick sickness behind. That's what he thinks of sickness. Amen. He'll heal a sinner if they believe that you know why because he hates sickness so a lot of people get that confused because if you start going down that road it'll start making more sense but that's the wrong road because then this is what will happen you'll start to think that it's okay and it ain't okay it ain't okay we minister to so many people that they say well I'm doing this for his glory no 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 he never ever uses sickness to his glory now when you get healed that's to his glory that's the only thing he think about but you're never allowing sickness to be your weapon of war because it's not amen you never let that don't believe that that's a lie from hell amen but god is overseeing this entire process of 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 being healed this this purification process god oversees this amen and he will exalt you in due season he he will exalt you he exalted paul we still talking about paul paul been gone so many years that's because he exalted his name amen hallelujah and when paul got in trouble he provided strength and this is what paul is trying to tell people and then there was those who, let's go to uh, 2 Corinthians, we're in 12, let's flip over to 13. 13, 9. It says, for we are glad when we are weak and you are strong. For, when we, for we are glad that when we are weak, then you are strong. And this also we pray that you may make you may be complete. So in other words, there's a thing where God is using your weakness as his glory. And the only time he does that is to make you strong. In other words, to complete you. Are y'all here? Or did y'all get lost? In other words, don't be ashamed if you have something, some weakness. Amen. Don't be ashamed. Because... Paul is trying to explain to us that when we have a weakness or when there's a sickness or when there's something not right, God will make you complete. He will fulfill. Amen. There's a fulfillment that God owes everybody or he would not have sent his son Jesus to that cross. He sent Jesus to that cross so you wouldn't be sick, so that you would be made complete. Amen. So he'll send grace and mercy to it, it to enable you to keep believing him for a miracle that's what he does amen and so he will continue to apply this uh grace and mercy until something clicks in your head that by jesus stripes you already are healed and when that happens he will he will use your healing for his glory not your sickness for his glory amen see people get that twisted up because the devil's a big old liar 
And he'll even try to play games with your healing or play games with your mind to make you think different things. Amen. But this buffeting proves sufficient in the midst of Paul's weakness. Amen. In the midst of his weakness. Paul took pleasure in being weak, not sick, but weak, so that he could become strong. In other words, he he was a person that didn't deny he needed God. Whatever your situation is, you ain't denying it, trying to pretend like it's not there because you're worried about who's watching you. Amen? That's what Paul is talking about. And so he says, I took joy, not in the weakness in his body. He took joy in not being that strong person that everybody thought he was, thought he was, because he allowed people to know and understand that he needed Christ. He needed a savior like everybody else. He needed to be fixed. He needed to be healed. He wasn't trying to cover that up. Amen. But it wasn't that he was glorying in that thing that was bugging him. Are y'all making sense? He he knew that it was okay to not be fulfilled yet because he knew that day was coming or he knew it was okay not to be perfect he knew it was okay to have a a screwed up kid you understand what i'm saying he knew it was okay to not to have a wayward husband he knew it was okay to have difficulties in your household and he didn't feel less of a person because he knew that it was temporary he knew god loved him He knew God was coming for his purpose just to help him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so this is what, that's why Paul didn't keep talking about that thorn. He mentioned it for one person, for for one reason, and that was for the, the church of Philippi to understand, look, God will take you out of your weaknesses. It's okay. You don't have to try to be something you're not. Because God is coming for your weakness. Amen. But until that day, he sends grace to, to help you deal with it so you don't go crazy. And, and he'll send people around you to make you feel like it's okay. We're here to help you. We're not here to harm you. We're not going to try to, you know, give your, your problems a helping hand. Now, there are people like that. They're, they're happy when you got problems. Because you know why? Because they feel like it makes them look better. Everybody is into how they look towards other people. Amen? But the only thing we ought to be concerned about is how we look to God. Hallelujah. And Paul was okay with that. Amen. That word um, strong means complete, being equipped. See, that's why the Bible says when we're weak, Paul said, my grace is sufficient for you. This is what God said to Paul. My grace is sufficient for you for in my, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And so that word strength means complete. So God is, really was telling Paul, look, I'm going to make you complete. But I'm going to send this grace to help you cope with this thorn or whatever the situation is that's not complete yet, I'm going to send my grace and my mercy 
into this situation so this thing don't bug you to death until that time. And then I'm going to deliver you. Amen. Hallelujah. So people always accused Paul of everything. Even in his messages, in his letters to the church. When he would use capital letters, they say, look, see, he's trying to fuss at us. You know how people do life with the exclamation point. They didn't like that. They called him on that. They said, see, because he's trying to exalt himself above measure. So God just allowed him to have this situation so that people would understand, look, he's just like you. He's a man striving to be better. But I'm delivering him, and I'm delivering everybody. I deliver them all. Amen. You know, the Bible says all of these distresses, I can't remember exactly. It says these problems, these things. It says, but God delivers us out of every last one of them. Amen. He delivers us out of them all. And so we have to allow God to completely equip us. That word strong means complete. It means equipping. It means training. It means disciplining. It means making necessary repairs and adjustments. So this is why God allowed the thorn because in the meantime he was making necessary adjustments for Paul to be victorious in his life. He was fixing and making adjustments. And that's all God wants to do us in this end time. He wants to adjust, make adjustments in the bride. He wants to refine her, purify her, making necessary repairs, nothing missing, nothing broken. This is what God wants to do for you. The same thing he did for Paul, he wants to do for us. But if we don't go to him and allow this process, you'll miss it. Amen. Paul only glorified the cross. He didn't glorify that thorn. Theology glorified that thorn. Not Paul. Are we here? <laughs> Amen. You know why he didn't he didn't glorify? He didn't want to take the glory from God. So he didn't glorify that cross. Amen. See, if he did that, then that would have been trying to protect the self-life. And he was not going to do that. He wasn't haughty or arrogant. Amen. Because of his, see, this is what he, because of his bold preaching. Remember Paul talked talk to us about that, bro. He said, but just wait until I get there. He says, I come in demonstration of power. You think my, my writings are mean? He was saying, when I get there, you're going to see demonstration of the power of God. Amen. And so this is why the church of Philippi was always on his back about his writings. And they, so they tried to make him think he was being arrogant and full of pride when he knew himself about this affliction he had. Amen. And so we should never try to make ourselves something that we're not. Wait on God to do it. Amen. Let, let humility, the humility of God in that process make us who we are. Amen. Jesus was humble to the cross. And, and the Bible says to pick up your cross and follow him. And so sometimes when we don't, when we feel like we ought to be more than what we are, that's your flesh. 
Amen. And God wants to, and especially, you know, it's like this. We learned in the early days, if you keep binding it and it don't move, that's you. (laughs) Amen. Well, I liked it way back then. Let's go to Galatians 6. I'm almost done. Can't take authority over your mind. But you can change your mind by the washing of the water of the word. Galatians 6, verse 11. And it says, and this is the glory of the cross. It says, see with what large letters. And this is Paul still talking to them crazy church people. See with what large letters I have written to you with my own hand. As many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these would compel you to be circumcised. In other words, he says, as many of you that's wondering why I'm writing with these large letters and why I'm saying the things I'm saying, look like it would cause you to change, to be converted. Are y'all here? But see, that just goes to show you we're concerned about the wrong thing. So church people are church people. Amen. He says, only that they may not suffer persecution for the cross of of Christ. Let's see. Did I read 12? I read the end of it. I'm sorry. Verse 12 says, as many as desire to make a good showing in the flesh, these will compel you to be circumcised. Only that they may not suffer persecution for for the cross of Christ. 13 says for not even those who are circumcised keep the law those who are you know born again or converted keep the law but they desire to have you circumcised that they may boast in your flesh but god forbid that i should boast except in the cross of our lord jesus christ by whom the world has been crucified to me And I to the world. For in Christ Jesus neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. In other words, he's saying, look, you ain't going through anything that's not common to man. You know, you're born again and that's wonderful, but it don't make you great. You're not great until God makes you great. Amen. Hallelujah. And it says uh, in 16... And as many as walk according to the rule, peace, and mercy be upon them and upon the, the Israel of God. It says, from now on, let no one trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He's trying to say, look, y'all, leave me alone, accusing me and taking things the wrong way because y'all in the flesh. You need to, you need to receive what i'm writing in your spirit so he's telling them look he who has an ear let him hear he says because i have afflictions this is what he was telling him he's talking about this thorn i got afflictions in other words i got problems too if you all would get out the flesh you would see i got problems too and i'm not whining about it i'm believing (laughs) that god is going to change my situation what he was saying that's just surely version but that's what it means amen hallelujah did we do 18 
from now on let no one trouble me he says look leave me alone because they were accusing him verse 18 says brethren the grace of our lord jesus christ be with your spirit (laughs) amen (laughs) in other words bless your spirit amen so those who have an ear let them hear he says just he's just saying just receive my words and stop looking at the in the flesh at, at other people and at me that's what he was saying hallelujah so in other words we have to have divine god has given us divine sufficiency until your day of deliverance total deliverance amen and you're walking in the amos 9 13 season where the the plowsman shall overtake the reaper where this is your season but you don't have it right this minute but you you need to act like it walk like it prepare for it and this is why the bride we're saying the bride must prepare herself for the groom amen you have to prepare not only your your blessing is not the only thing going on there's a, a, a people out there to be one, a war to be one, and we need to prepare for what God is doing and not just the beauty of the blessing. Are y'all here? Amen. Because this is a war, and there are souls that need to be saved. And this end-time army must be adorned the way God thinks we ought to be adorned, and we can't take our flesh with us. That's all this is about. So humble yourself so he can make you great. You know, in this end time army, I don't want to be in the infantry. I want to be a bomber, the one to shoot the arrows. Amen. A a sharpshooter. So prove myself. (laughs) Prepare for it now. Amen. That's all this is really. It's not about these little things that bug us. And this is what Paul was trying to show us. It's about being humble so God can dress us with more. He really wants to dress us with humility. But, you know, we got to change how we think. Amen. He wants us to put on the new man, which is renewed with knowledge. Renewed with knowledge. Hebrews 11.34. my last scripture. See, last week, everybody was jumping over the chairs. We were talking about Amos 9.13. You got to get there. It's bad for God to, to dangle something over your head and say, hey, look what I got. And, but you figure out how to get there. This is how to get there. Go humble. Go low so he can exalt you. He don't, listen, God, don't, I don't care if it was in depressing times, which we're over depressing times. He don't bless flesh ain't gonna do it and a lot of us are not aware isn't that terrible for a parent to say you can have this this is this time is here but he don't let you know that you disqualify yourself with your attitude that's not a good parent see god ain't like that he tells us what we need to do to get what he's offering and this is not a promise this thing is here all we got to do is shape up hebrews eleven thirty four. So in other words, it talks about people who subdued the things by faith, subdued kingdoms by faith, worked righteousness by faith, obtained promises and stopped the mouths of the lions. Verse 34, quenched the violence of fire. 
escape the edge of the sword. Out of weaknesses, and that's what I want you to look at, out of weaknesses were made strong. See, it's very important. Became valiant in battle and turned to flight the armies of aliens. Amen. All by faith. Amen. Amen. And this is the prophetic word coming forth. Then look at this. I wasn't going to read it. Verse 13. But it said women received their dead raised to life again. Amen. Dead things raised to life. All by faith. Then this, the others, y'all know who the others are, those that don't believe, that don't think this is God's way, adorning the bride, and the bride preparing for the groom. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance. See, because God is offering deliverance to us all. But they were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. In other words, they didn't believe Jesus was the one. Something better's coming along. Still others had trials of mocking and scourging, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. And they were stoned, and they were sawn in two, and were tempted. They were slain without the sword. And they wandered about in sheepskin and goatskin, being destitute, afflicted, and tormented, and of whom the world was not worthy. Of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens. You read about those. And in caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. Amen. Amen. Didn't have the right vision. You know, wouldn't let go of sin. Those are the ones that they're talking about. That saw the promised land, but didn't enter in. Because they refused to have ears to hear. Because God was speaking to them for 40 years. They thought that was going to continue. They didn't believe that one cycle had ended and another cycle is beginning where they have to develop a personal relationship with God. That's where we are right now. Amen. Amen. Personal relationship. You don't need anybody's permission to get to know God. Every man for himself. Amen. But we have to um, be like Paul. We have to keep going. But keep that relationship with God open and pure so that he could deliver us at any time. Amen. Paul wasn't suffering with that. That wasn't bugging him. He wasn't sick. But it kept him thinking, I better keep my mouth shut. Until God released me. You understand what I'm saying? It was just a little reminder. Like that thing that God hasn't come for in your life. That little reminder that you still need God. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Amen. That's good news for some and bad news for those that don't want to change. But you can't. See, this is the thing. We want the blessing like last week we did. We want a bottle. We don't want breast milk. Because breast milk, it it involves closeness, relationship. Amen. Getting to know, being close. We just won't just fill it up, warm it up. I'm screaming and hollering. Just shut my mouth with some room temperature milk. See, but those days are over. Amen. And God, amen, God desires the closeness. 
he's desire. This is our time to give him something he wants. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Amen. Father, we thank you for your word. We bless you for your word. Amen. God is just looking for unselfish people in this hour to just put every put him before everything so he can straighten things out and give you his best. It's all he wants us to do. Amen. So, Father, bless your people today. Bless us with the word. And, Lord, we love you, and we exalt you, and we lift you up. Hallelujah. Why don't we get some music back here so we can uh, do some work at the altar. If there's anybody that wants me to pray for them.